Hi there, this is Bob Joyce. Go to our website, bobjoyce.org, and listen to our music and hear the good news of Jesus preached. God bless you and keep you safe in His arms. In my living shall not be in Good to see y'all here this morning. Thank you for coming. Being with us. Lord bless your people this morning. Feel every emptiness. Meet every need. Fill us to overflowing with your spirit. Let us take the word of God with us. The bread of heaven. In Jesus' name. Abide with us, Lord. You said you would, and you do. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Hallelujah. For wherever you are, we are. Your spirit is ours. Your love is ours. All that you have, you've given to us. Lord, we give our all to you. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Father. I was thinking of the Apostle Peter. Time and time again, the scriptures write about him, all the gospel writers tell us different occasions, things that happened in the ministry of Jesus where Peter was involved. He was among the first who met Jesus. Not the first, but among the first. Jesus even visited his house. I didn't realize that until I was reading up on all this again. And Luke tells us that he had gone into his house. His mother-in-law was sick with fever. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and the fever left, and she was healed and stood up and ministered to them. And it was later, according to Luke's account, that Jesus went to the Sea of Galilee. So many people had come to hear Jesus speak. Crowding around, there wasn't room enough for him to even stand, hardly. I mean, so he was at the edge of the edge of the water, and there was a boat there. He got into the boat and went out a little into the water and stood in the boat and taught the people. I mean, that's uh, when people are pushing you to the edge of the water, they're getting desperate. <laughs> I mean, give the guy a little room, folks, but they, they wouldn't. So Jesus made his own room, got in a boat, went out a little, and stood up and preached to the people from the boat. 
It happened to belong to Simon, to Peter. And after he got through preaching or teaching the people, he told Simon, he said, launch out to the deep for a drought. Of course, Peter had been all night fishing and had caught nothing. Fish weren't biting. There wasn't any. There wasn't any. There wasn't any. It was a bad day for fishing. Bad night. But after knowing what the Lord had done, healing his mother-in-law, and so many people came to hear Jesus and hear him preach. Simon must have been struck by him. He said, I've fished all night and caught nothing. And he said, but all right, I'll do as you ask. According to your word, he said, I will, I will let down the nets. And so when they let down the nets, they brought in such a multitude of fishes, he had to call other boats to come help them. The net broke. There were so many fish <clears throat> that all the people in their other boats that were around there gathered around helping them load the fish and their boat started sinking. It's a lot of fish. Well, when Peter saw that, he was amazed. And the scripture tells us he fell down at his knees he fell down at the knees of Jesus and said, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. In other words, you and I have nothing in common. I can see you're a holy man. You're a prophet of God. You're you're somebody special. But I'm just a, I'm just a dirty old fisherman. I'm a sinner. I don't belong with you. You know, imagine he was thinking in his mind, go find somebody else. We don't fit. He was so amazed at what he saw. But Jesus could see beyond the day. He knows what tomorrow holds. Huh? Jesus knows what tomorrow will bring. And the thing about it is, it was funny to me, Jesus didn't rebuke him or scold him or correct him about what he said. Depart from me. He says, don't be afraid. From here on, you will catch men. Amen. 
That's what he said. It's as if Peter had said nothing about him leaving. It's as if Jesus, not regarding the words of Peter, depart from you. I came for you. Leave you? I came down from glory to get you. You have nothing in common with me. When I get through with what I'm doing, what I came to do, we will be like this. Hallelujah. And so we read in the story of the Gospels how Jesus went about from town to town healing, preaching. And oftentimes He would take Peter with Him. Peter, James, and John. The two brothers. They were very close. The inner circle as some call it. When Jesus would go in to raise the dead, the little girl from the dead, 12-year-old girl, he brought Peter in with him. When he went to the mountain and was transfigured and his garment became white as snow, brighter than the sun, He brought Peter with him. Peter had seen Jesus do so many things. The first time he created the miracle of the fishes. And the third time that Jesus came to Peter after he rose from the dead. The third time. He did the same thing again. He's walking along the shore of the Galilee and called out to them. Have you any meat? Children? Cast your nets on the right side, you will find. Somebody said, I heard that voice before. And when they cast, they found fish, 153, and they counted them. John said, it's the Lord. John knew who he was. It's the Lord. But the very first one to jump out of the boat and run to Jesus, as soon as he found out who he was, it was Peter. When Jesus rose from the dead and Mary had met Jesus at the tomb, the Lord told her, go tell my disciples and Peter. He mentions him by name. 
And when she went to tell them, Peter and John together ran to the tomb. John outrun Peter. Maybe he was younger. Or maybe Peter was a little, little on the heavy side. I don't know. But he wasn't quite a good shape maybe as John was. Huh? But it's not always those who are in the best shape Who get to Jesus first. Because when they got to the tomb, John ran up to the opening of the tomb where the stone had rolled back and stopped and looked in. Peter caught up with him and just ran right past him right into the tomb. Hallelujah. I love Peter. He ran in there to examine for himself, to discover for himself that Jesus was not there. Peter remembers when Jesus fed the 5,000. People had followed him throughout those many days into the wilderness. Far from towns and places. A desert place. Jesus was concerned about them. And they said, disciples said, well, send send them to the next village where they can eat. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. You give them something. Knowing full well what he was going to do. We don't have enough food for all this bunch. A few loaves, a few fishes, what is that among so many? He just said, bring what you have to me. He took the few loaves and the fish and gave thanks. And gave to his disciples. And they in turn gave to the people. Miraculously, the bread and the fish appeared in his hands. He created out of nothing as he gave to his disciples. They'd go back for more, he'd have more. He'd give them more. They'd pass that out. If they'd come back, he had more. <laughs> 5,000 men besides women and children. There must have been 10,000, 15,000 people there. And then they'd go back to get more and they'd have more for them. Anytime you come back to Jesus, he's always going to have more for you. Hallelujah. He never runs out. He's got just enough for everybody and more than enough for everybody. When it's in His hands, He can do what no other can do. 
All he asks is that you give to him what you have. And he will multiply it. He will use it. The Lord come down to this earth to be involved in the affairs of man. Now you think about that. The way that he did things by taking the loaves and the fish. He took what they had and made more of it. Amen. He said, cast your nets into the sea. Where do these fish come from? Either they hearken unto his voice his spirit, and swam across the lake? Or else He just caused them to appear. But the Lord is always showing us that He is involved in our lives. That He takes notice of what we have and what we do. And shows us how that He can work things out for us in our life. He doesn't have to, but He does it. He could do so many other things, but He decides, He chooses to work with those things that you yourselves work with or are involved in. He is the Lord of heaven. He made the heavens and the earth. He made everything. He made the fish. Hallelujah. He makes the bread. And so the Lord is coming into our lives. He's coming to our lives. He knows who you are and where you are and what you are. And He can take whatever it is you have and make the most of it. For His glory. To show you, to prove to you. When Jesus met the disciples on the sea, Galilee after he rose from the dead. And the miracle of fishes had happened again. And Jesus said, bring what you have. And so, they loaded up the fish and drug it to shore. And when they got there, they found that there was fish frying in the skillet. Jesus had already prepared something for them. 
They must be hungry. Hungry or not, brother, if Jesus is cooking the fish, I want to be there. I'll get hungry real quick. (laughs) If Jesus is fixing the fish, man, I I want to be there to eat with everybody. I want to be there to eat with him. Jesus said, come and dine. Come and eat. After all that he had done for them, after all they had seen, and after all the hard work, he knew they were ready to sit down with him. This is the third time that he appeared to them. He looks over at Peter. Simon. He called him Simon. When he first met Peter, he said, your name shall be called Cephas. His name was Simon. He said, your name shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. But here, by the lake, he calls him Simon again. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Peter's the one who said, I'm beginning to believe, I'm beginning to see The connection between you and me. I'm a fisherman. You're a prophet. I'm a sinner. You're a saint. There is some connection. You... You came into my world. You came into my circumstances. Do we have anything in common with Jesus? He came into your circumstances. Whatever it is you do, whoever you are, you didn't go to Him, He came to you. Jesus told his disciples, you haven't chosen me, I've chosen you. You may look at Jesus and see him as somebody that is afar off or separate from you. Somebody with whom you have nothing to do with. And so it is. But he came to have something to do with you. Some people look at church and they see church people and what's going on in the church and they say, that is something I have nothing to do with. But the church is here to have something to do with you. I don't have any fellowship or any business with Christians. Someone may say, 
But the God that lives in us has made it so that we do have something to do with you. You are here for them. Whether they like it or not. Father, mother, you are here for your children to help them, teach them, love them, bring them up in the admonition of the Lord, whether they like it or not. You are involved in their lives. They didn't ask to be here. You brought them in here. Huh? They didn't ask to be who they are, what they are. But they're here. So God made you guardians. He made you someone to look over to what to watch over them, to care for them, to love them, to train them and teach them, to help them, to sustain them, to feed them, to clothe them, to teach them. Huh? Hallelujah. And Jesus is showing us the same thing. I came down here because I made you. I caused you to come into the world and I came for you. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you live. I came from heaven and I know who you are. Woo, glory to God. That's good. No matter where you live on the planet, whatever you're doing, Jesus knows who you are. And you better be glad he does. He hadn't forgotten you. You may think at first that you won't have nothing to do with him. But once you learn who he is and what he is, you're going to be thankful to God that he came for you. I ain't much of a religious person. I ain't got much to do with these religious people. But one of these days, you'll be so glad that they were there. Hallelujah. Peter, Simon, he called him Simon. And I often wonder, Lord, why did you call him Peter? You said his name was going to be Peter, Lord. Cephas. And so it just, it just came to me. At this moment in his life, at this time, Peter is still not quite sure. He hasn't really quite understood. The Lord hasn't really quite done all the work he's going to do in him. The relationship between Jesus and his disciples is very special. Because when he called them, who did he call? He didn't call saints. They weren't holy men deserving of the Lord's attention. They were just fishermen, tax collectors, thieves. Liars, sinners, like anybody was. 
deserve anything from Jesus. So he calls him Simon because he hasn't yet come to that place of redemption. The altar of expiation. He hasn't come. He doesn't know. When Peter said, I'm going to go fishing, what else can he do? Jesus has been, he's gone. He's not around. We've seen him, but what are we supposed to do? It hasn't clicked in him yet. He doesn't know exactly what he's supposed to do in life. He met somebody that's the most spectacular, awesome, unbelievable person that's ever lived on this earth. And saw him do many things that is unexplainable. But it still hasn't clicked. It still hasn't done anything really inside him except that he knew that he loved Jesus as a friend. He loved him dearly. He counted him as as the most beloved, loving person he ever knew in his life. He came to know that. He came to know the love of Jesus for him as a friend, as a brother. But he was still not converted. He still didn't know Christ in spirit. He only knew him as a friend, as a person. He was amazed at what Jesus could do and didn't quite understand everything about him. He believed in him. So Jesus calls him Simon. Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Who's he talking about? Did he love James and John so much? Did he love Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Judas and Thomas? Is that who he's talking about? You love these more than me? How could he love man, those men, more than Jesus? Even when Jesus got through talking with Peter, he said, and what about this man? Now he'd been with John and James the whole time. He knew him like, you know, been with him day and night. If it had been me, I said, what about John? He didn't say that. He said, what about this man? What's he going to do? Huh? So I don't think that Peter could have loved these men more than Jesus. They didn't mean as much to him as Jesus did. So he couldn't be talking about the men when he said, do you love these more than me? What is it then that Jesus is referring to? What's he talking about to Peter? You've only known these men a couple of three years. They knew, he knew James and John for a while. They, they were partners together fishing. I don't know how long. They might have known each other long before Jesus came, but during the ministry, they'd been together two or three years. 
And all the rest of them, Bartholomew, Thomas, Philip, Nathaniel, all of them, they didn't know, they didn't know each other. They'd only been together for a few years. But the thing that Peter knew best, the thing that filled his life, the thing that he worked at to make a living, that was his livelihood. That's what, that's what he did to live, to support his family, to pay his bills and taxes, was to catch fish. Fish was his life. The sea was his life. How much he went down in the boat? This is my boat. Oh, I just love my boat. It's a good boat. It's never let me down. It's never failed me. It just, it just keeps going going. I love my boat. And the smell of the sea. And the smell of the fish. Oh, I couldn't live without it. I got fish oil in my veins. There's nothing like going out on the water in a boat, casting a net, pulling in the fish. There's nothing like it. I love it. It's my life. It's what I want to do. It's what I was created for. I got news for you, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love the sights and the sounds and the feel, the wind in my face. Rising early in the morning before the sun comes up and going out into the, into the deep. Bringing in the fish. Man, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. That's, that's living, man. That's really living. I watched a movie some years ago. What was the name of it? These guys were fishermen. The Perfect Storm. I mean, it was perfect. You ever see that Perfect Storm? He was the captain of a what was the kind of fish they were catching? It was uh, sailfish or some kind of big fish. And I remember him making this comment in the movie. Man, this is it. This is the life. You can't beat being a captain of a sailfish boat. <laughs> Going out into the ocean, way out into the deep, miles away from, from, the, from the shore. Casting your nets, casting your lines, catching fish. People throughout the whole world today are saying the same thing. 
I love my life. I love what I'm doing. There's nothing like it. I live for it. To some people that make millions of dollars, I can see their point. <laughs> when the world has been good to you, if you'll just do what it wants. Yeah. If you'll just busy yourself you make them money and they'll make you money. Man, you can't get any better than that. That's my life. Jesus said, do you love me more than this? Peter, knowing that he'd been with Jesus all that time, he got to know him very, very well. He still didn't know what to make of Jesus, I don't think. He admired him, he respected him, he loved him, he honored him. But Jesus is the kind of fellow, he kind of comes and goes. <laughs> I mean, he's there one moment, the next moment he disappears. <laughs> He was with him for 40 days after he rose from the dead. 40 days. 40 days. That's a month and 10 days. He was with them, but not every day, just from, just, you know, you never know when Jesus is going to show up and then you never know when he's going to disappear. He's just going to come and go. So what do you make of a guy like that? What do you, what do you, what do you, what, what, what do you do? I'm just going to go fishing. <laughs> Jesus ain't here. He's nowhere around. Let's go fishing. Huh? Oh, my Lord. Sometimes I feel the same way. Lord, just where are you at? I think I'll just go over here and do this. <laughs> he hasn't learned yet. So Jesus is very patient with him. He's very patient and waits upon us because he loves us so much. He wants us to understand. He wants us to learn. He wants us to know. He wants us to, hallelujah, to see what it is he's, he's getting at, what, what he's all about. After all this time you've been with me and you've seen me and you've heard me and you've been, you've been here and there and you've seen all these things, Peter! I'm alive from the dead. Peter! <laughs> you saw me hanging on the cross and my blood pouring out, but I'm alive, Peter! But he's not calling him Peter, he's calling him Simon. 
He's still dealing with the old fisherman. He's still trying to reach to get through to the old fisherman. Yeah. The old fisherman. Luther, 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 Luther. Jesus is not about ready to leave. No. He's hanging around. Jesus just keeps hanging around. To you, Simon. What is it I can do for you, Simon, to show you, to make you understand? Do you love me, Simon? What are you doing here? Or don't you love me? What are you doing here? I showed you. You can't outbeat me fishing, Simon. <laughs> I can do it better than any of you. Hallelujah. Are you concerned about your welfare? Are you concerned about your income? Is that all you're concerned about? I know you love your boats. It's a pretty boat. You did a good job on it. But is that all you care about? After all we've been through together, and that's what you care about most of all. Yeah, Lord. I love you. You know I love you. He's still reaching out. He's still reaching out. Jesus is reaching out. He ain't hearing the answer he wants to hear. That was a kind. That was kind of a short, short and dry there up here, Simon. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> that sounds to me, that sounds like me sometimes. Oh, Lord, you know, I love you. Yeah, I love you, Lord. <laughs> I 
And the Lord says to me, then what are you doing this for? What do you keep hanging around here for? Why are you worrying about this for? Why are you so concerned about this for? Don't you know of all that you and me, Bob, have been through? Don't you know? Look what I just did. I'll show you again. You want to see it again? I'll do it again. How many times has the Lord got to do it to make you believe, to make you understand His love for you? Just how many times has God got to do something for you to get you convinced? But we're sitting down here. What's that song? Sitting down on the beach. Watching the ships go by. Doing nothing. Yeah, that's it. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Watching what? Yeah, there you go. That's what we're doing. We're sitting there watching it. Here we go now. She tell him. Feed my lambs. First thing he said. Feed my lambs. Look it up. You don't believe me. The little ones. The babes. The children. Those that are just coming into the kingdom. Those that are just learning. But they're mine. I'm going to be leaving this world, Simon. And I need you to stay behind and take care of the lambs. Me? But I'm a fisherman. I got the best boat around. Feed my sheep. Lord, amen. 
Jesus is already glory to God. He isn't seeing him as a fisherman. Simon the fisherman. He's seeing him as Peter the preacher. God who calleth those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. He's not seeing Simon on the best boat on the lake. But he's seeing him standing in the temple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus is seeing in him. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins, he said. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is promised unto you and to your children and to those that are far off and near. That's what Jesus was seeing in him. Simon! The third time. Do you love me? Peter's a little concerned now. Why is he asking me three times? She got another question? There's something else you want to know about me? Didn't you hear me the first time? You ever felt that way with the Lord? But Lord, I said this, and he keeps asking you and keeps telling, but I, but, and the Lord says, yeah, but... The Lord sees deeper. The Lord is reaching down deep into your soul and your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter's wondering now. Maybe I don't love him like I think I do. <laughs> maybe I really maybe I really don't love him as much as I thought I did because he keeps asking me. Lord, you're the Lord and you know all things about everybody. You know, you know me better than I know myself. And I guarantee you, friends, when you go to talk to the Lord in prayer, He knows your heart. He knows your heart. He's not looking at how many words you can say to Him. He's not, he's not, he's not <laughs> impressed by your long, beautiful prayers. He's looking at your heart. 
You can't fool the Lord. You can't, you can't hide from the Lord. You are as naked as a baby. He knows you. And he's calling your spirit. He's calling your heart. Do you love me? Oh, God. I've been under preachers, listened to them preach before, that preach such a powerful, convicting sermon, knowing that I had been saved, but when I got through listening to their sermon, I wondered if I was saved. Huh? Have you ever, you ever been in that position? But I've been there. There was such convicting power of the Holy Spirit coming from that man that I felt like, my God, I need to go down the aisle and get saved tonight. Amen. <laughs> the Holy Spirit makes us aware of the reality of it all. He wants to make it very clear. Not like Washington does today. <laughs> when the Lord speaks to your heart, it's going to be very clear. He's reaching to you. And if He has to say it three times, He'll do it. Remember when Elijah was on the mountain and he was in the cave running from Jezebel. And he saw a fire and a storm and the raging storm and the winds come across. But the Lord wasn't in the storm. The Lord wasn't in the fire. The Lord can take a hold of the ends of the earth and shake it if He wants to. He could grab a hold of you and say, Wait. <laughs> Jesus could have walked over to Peter and said, Blood, do you love me or don't you? <laughs> but the penetrating voice of the Master calls one last time into the soul of Peter. There was the still, small voice. And God was in the still, small voice. Hallelujah. But God sends preachers and apostles and prophets to proclaim the good news of the Lord. Yes. To tell people of their sins to repent and come to Jesus so that they can be saved from the wrath to come. And they get up behind the pulpit and they shake the pews. That's right. They shake the walls. Yeah. It's like Thunder coming from heaven. 
Maybe sometimes I get that way. I don't know. I'm, I'm really a quiet, peaceable man. <laughs> no, really, I am. You get to know me. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit can take what I do. And bring it ever so gently. He says, here, I'll calm this down for you. There. Now, do you love me? The Holy Spirit so gently calls to our spirit. He woos us. What is it you want of me, Lord? You know everything about me. You know what I am? This preacher don't really know, but you know. You must have told him something because everything he's saying is everything about me. I've had so many people come up to me after service and say, Brother Bob, I want you to know what you preached this morning and write at me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Lord wasn't screaming it in your spirit. The Holy Spirit was gently speaking to you. Huh? <laughs> but the Lord knows how to tone it down. Turn the volume down a little bit and go right into your spirit. Amen. Lord, what do you want of me? You know everything. You know everything about everybody. You know what's inside of man. Every man. What can I say? I love you. Feed my sheep. He said the third time, feed my sheep. Now, I ask you the question, what is he going to feed them? Fish? We got plenty of fish around here. <laughs> feed them. What shall I feed them, Lord? What shall I give them? The Lord says, What have you got? Bring it to me. I just have a little bit. Ain't much. I can do a little bit of this and that. But I'm not. I'm not anybody. I can't do anything. Whatever you have is enough. Bring it to me, and I will increase it. I will make much out of your little. Give me 
I know somebody posted a picture on Facebook here some days ago. I was looking at a little girl who was giving Jesus her heart. He said, Lord, that's all I got. He said, that's all I want. Lord, what can I feed them? And when the right man comes along, not Simon, he's the one that experiences it all, but when the right man comes along, Peter, that's the one, he's going to feed him. And what's he going to feed him? Everything that Simon saw. He's going to tell everybody what Jesus said. <laughs> He's going to tell them everything that Jesus did. He's going to tell them everything that Jesus did for him. He's going to tell them about the crucifixion and the blood that ran down at Calvary. He's going to tell them about the day he ran to the tomb and the tomb was empty. He's going to tell them when he saw Jesus resurrected on that morning. He's going to tell them the truth about the Lord. That's what he's going to feed them. Hallelujah. And what are you going to feed the people? You're going to tell them the same thing. Whatever happened to you, praise God, just like it happened to Peter, you're going to tell somebody what Jesus did in your life. It's so simple that whatever God gives to us, is what we give to others. How do I love you? Jesus said, I'm supposed to love you. How do I love you? I can only give you, give you love that he gave to me. I gave him my heart. He gave me his love. I gave him my life. And he gave me everything. That is what I will feed you with. When somebody's down and out, feed him with your faith. When somebody's hurting, Feed them with your joy. When somebody's hungry, feed them with your love. When somebody, hallelujah, come on now, saints, hallelujah. 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 What do you have? I have a few loaves and fishes. Bring it to me, Jesus said. Hallelujah. Whatever it is that you have, whatever the Lord has put in your life, that's what you feed them with. And it will be multiplied. And you will find that the more you give, the more you have to give. You'll find the more you share, the more you'll have to share. You'll find that more you speak, the more you'll have to speak. You'll find that more that the more you love, the more you'll have to love. Amen. Hallelujah. The more you begin to speak His Word, the more word you'll have to speak. 
The more that you abide in Him and His Word begins to live in you. Hallelujah. And the world will be fed with the Word of God. And there will be nobody hungry and nobody thirsty or nobody dying in this world because you are giving to them what the Lord has multiplied in your life. Somebody said the world died and going to hell. Yeah, it is. But get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. And maybe so many people won't die and go to hell. Shorten them numbers. Do your part. He didn't say, Peter... Do you love me? Now I want you to go sell your boat. <laughs> Number two. He said, feed my sheep. Because when we understand the love of God, when we understand the transformation that takes place in us through the cross, we simply all of a sudden understand what it is the Lord wants of us. That what we were before, He doesn't want us there anymore. And we understand that. And what we did before, we don't do anymore. We understand that. Hallelujah. Now we've come into a new place with the Lord. Now we're following in His footsteps where He is. Hallelujah. And we understand. That's all that matters. Anything and everything else is vain. As far as eternal things are concerned. Nothing wrong with having fun in the world. Nothing wrong with having pleasures in life. I love it as much as anybody. When I worked, I loved to work. When you have fun, you go out on a, you know, you go to the ocean or you go to the country in the woods, you go hunting, fishing, whatever it is. You, do. you have fun, you have pleasure in what you do. That's okay. But compared to the Lord and the Spirit and, and the eternal things, it's vain. It won't get you anywhere. It may get you to the next hill and the next lake or the next river. But it won't get you to glory. See? Jesus got involved with Peter's fishing. But it wasn't the miracle of the fish that got him going preaching the gospel in, in Jerusalem. <laughs> the Lord proved Himself. God has been so good to every one of us this morning. And, and, and He's been involved in our lives and everything we've done. He's blessed us coming and going. Isn't He? We've made money hand over fist. We've had, we've had the best homes, the best cars, the best clothes, the best food, the best everything. God's blessed us in that in every way in our lives. But all of those blessings in our lives won't get you to glory. Nor will it bring you into a relationship that only the Holy Spirit can do. When you've been changed, 
and you become a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Stand with me, everybody. There was another occasion where Peter went with Jesus again to a mountain. James and John, they were tagging along. <laughs> the three all over again. Peter is the first one. It's always the first one he mentions. They went to a mountain with Jesus. He was transfigured before them. And there appeared in him Moses and Elijah. Peter, Simon. Well, that's good for us to be here, Lord. We'll build you a temple, tabernacle. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. How about that? He has, his brain is working. He's got, he's got a great vision in his mind. Oh, we can do something so glorious here. So glorious. So beautiful. Oh, all oh, the things we could do, the people we could reach, uh, the message we could send to the world. Let us build here. Came a voice from heaven. Cloud. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Feed my sheep. I'll give them whatever they want. I'll give them a beautiful cathedral to worship God. I want you to listen to my son. You want to do something for God? Listen to the son. You want to build something for the kingdom of God. The only way you're going to do it is to listen to the Son. Because that's the only thing that's going to feed the world. That's the only thing that's going to make a difference in this whole wide world is what Jesus has to say. Father, thank you this morning. for sending Jesus that we may hear from heaven. He is the bread of heaven who gives his life to the world. What you have given to us, we can so freely give to others. And it is eternal. If we need more, we just come to you and you give more. Just like when you fed the 5,000 Whatever we need, Jesus, you have provided for us. 
and we want to hear you in our hearts. We just want to hear what you have to say and live accordingly and obey, obey your word and speak your words so that others also may hear and receive what heaven has to give. For if there's anything this earth needs is to receive from heaven. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say, Lord. Use my lips, my tongue, to speak your word. Fill my heart with your word so that I will have to give that I can feed others of the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Anybody need Jesus this morning? You're lost. You don't have to be. He's there for you. He's always there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need more of the Lord? You need more of the Lord in your lives? Raise your hands up. Yes, Lord, every one of us. <laughs> Give me more of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Peace of God and the grace of God be upon you. Rule your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. Come back and see us. God bless. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for coming.